Hi everyone, it's nice to be back. Firstly, I'd like to greet all the fathers, all the dads in the world. Happy Father's Day to you. We would like to honor you. We hope you enjoy your day and we thank God for you. We're blessed to have you and we appreciate all you dads. But to the greatest father of all, to God, our father, thank you for being the perfect dad to all of us. We honor you, Papa God. We just love you. Today, we begin a new series entitled The Four Pillars of Relationship. In order to experience a full life, one of the greatest blessings of God to us are our relationships with one another. First with Him, and then with our immediate family, with our friends and relatives and others. This life couldn't be more fun without loved ones. In fact, the very first blessing of God to mankind is our relationship with one another. The first time he used the word bless in the Bible was in Genesis 1.28, and he was referring to a blessing between the relationship of Adam and Eve. Relationships are truly a blessing from God. But how do we make sure our relationships with others are blessed? How do we become relationally healthy with our spouses, our children, our families, and friends? How do we maintain good relationship with others? In the next four weeks, we're going to discuss what God has to say about how we can nourish good relationship with Him and with people. How do we develop a good relationship with people? There are really no shortcuts in building relationships. Someone said to me, relationship is spelled T-I-M-E. Relationships are built by spending time with one another. While quality time is important, quantity time is as important as well. But what does God have to say about relationships? Since He is the author of relationship, He has the right to define it, the knowledge to teach it, and the wisdom to make it practical. The Bible is our manual for life. And in it, we can learn from the author of relationship, God himself. We find that there are over thousands of verses in the Bible about relationship. We found four areas that are vital to any relationship. Hence, we call this preaching, this series, the four pillars of relationship. Namely, love, trust, forgiveness, and communication. These are all vital in any relationship. Today, for, the, for this Sunday, today we'll talk about love. Our big idea for today is this. You cannot give love fully if you haven't received it fully from God. In other words, you can't give what you don't have, and that includes love. You have, you have to first know some basic truths about love. Our first point, God is love. Love is the very nature of God. Love came from God. In fact, God is love personified. He's the inventor of love. We can feel love because we are created in the image of God, in the image of love. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. God created you and I out of the overflow of His love. When you're still not in existence, in other words, when you were not yet created, you were nothing. We were nothing. You weren't physically existing. You didn't have a spirit, you didn't have a soul, and you didn't have a physical body. I'm trying to be very detailed here. In short, 
You don't have feelings. You don't have love until God created you. By the way, you're not an accident. You're not a mistake. God knew what he was doing. God created you and I because he loved us. Another fact, everything in all creation, everything you see was created for you and me, for you to enjoy and for you to experience God's love. God is so good to us. I wake up every morning and I see every leaf in the tree, in the branches, and every grass is God trying to communicate his love to us. Have you ever wondered why you're capable of loving? Have you ever wondered why a mother can, in an instant, have love for a child that was newly born? How is it possible that a mother can give her child all the love that's in her? Because you have the ability to love. It is in your very nature to love. You were created in His image, and by you being born, there is an instant and innate nature inside of all of us, the feeling of acceptance and the love by our Almighty God. I love this verse in 1 John 4.19. It says, we love because He first loved us, which brings me to my second point. You can love because He loved you first. The more you realize how much He loves you, the more your cup gets filled with His love. Are you conscious of God's love? Do you acknowledge that all these things that was added to you, your work, your loved ones, your family, everything you have, physical possessions, was a result of His love for you and I? Do you know that every good thing you have comes from Him? Your hands, I wake up in the morning and I say, God, I have 10 fingers. Lord, my eyesight, you gave me my eyesight. You gave me my health. You gave me my talent, my abilities, my wisdom. Lord, you gave everything to me. This is his way of showing you and I and telling you, hey, Jay, hey, you, I love you. But more often than not, we're not aware of this because we're not conscious. We're too busy or we don't know the truth about this. Because if you're aware of this, you will feel his love and know that he loves you and your cup will always be full. You know, I tell my kids or people around me, the first 10, 15, 20 minutes of your day should be acknowledging God's love for you. You should be grateful. Lord, thank you for this and thank you for that. Because if you're successful in the first 15 to 20 minutes of your day, the rest of the day will be successful. Your first 15 to 20 minutes is going to dictate how you're going to see this life. Your perspective is going to be right. Is it possible that we're not grateful because we're too busy with other things and we become disgruntled by this life because of our own doing? What kind of love has the Father shown you and I? What does it mean for Him to love you? Or what does it mean for us to love others? What does love really mean? God exemplified His kind of love in this verse. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not when we did something good, or when we read our Bible, or serve other people, or when we go to church, or when we obey, or when we help the poor, when we disciple somebody, or we give our tithes and offerings. No, no. He loves us while we were still sinning. He loves us when we're doing stupid stuff. This is the God kind of love, which brings me to my next point. He loved us, not because of, but in spite of. This is what you call unconditional love. 
He showed his love by dying for our sins. This is the kind of love that is selfless. That he did not do it for himself, but for you and I. Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to die for your loved ones? I remember me telling my wife, I said, honey, you know what? I love you so much. I'm going to take a bullet for you anytime. I'll die for you. And then she responded. She says, honey, before you take a bullet for me, can you take the trash out for me at least twice a week? Can you spend time with our children more before you take a bullet? Before you take a bullet, can you date me once in a while? Before you die for me, can you live for me? See, it's easier. It's easy to take a bullet. Dying to yourself is true love. It's the kind of love that is selfless. Selfish love is called lust. It's not love. Love is always centered towards others and not self. This is the reason God said that in the second greatest commandment. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. God already knew how much we love ourselves. That's why he said this. Imagine loving others the way you love yourself and taking care like you take care of yourself. In another verse, it says, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. God is trying to take the selfishness out of us by becoming others-oriented. By thinking and considering the needs and wants of others above ourselves. There is no greater love than this than to lay down one's life for one's friend. This is the key to relationship. You want to be healthy in your relationship? This is the key. That we love others the way Christ loved us. To be selfless. My last point. Love love God first. Okay, love God first. To truly experience a healthy relationship with others, you have to love God first. Because if you can't even have a healthy relationship with our Creator, how can we have a healthy relationship with the created things? I don't know if that makes sense. If our priorities are all messed up, if God is not first in our lives, we'll have a hard time in our marriage, in our relationship, in our children, in parenting, with our friends and co-workers. Even the Pharisees tested Jesus by asking him, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, so this is so important. So how do you have a healthy relationship with others? Love God first. Love is the key to any relationship. Paul mentioned this to the church in Corinth. He says, do everything in love. Whatever you do, do it out of love. Don't do it out of sacrifice. Don't just do it because you have to. Do everything out of a good heart, out of love. The wisest person who ever stepped the face of the earth, Solomon, said, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them in the tablets of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Folks, love is a choice. It's a decision you just have to make. Love is unconditional and it's selfless. And Jesus demonstrated this love to you and I. Let's follow the example. Love one another. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. 